everyone and welcome to Love in Your Life. This is Dola, your host. Um, and to anybody listening today, I want you to think of the answer to this question. As you look at the people that you know who are more successful, are most successful, that you are aware of their success, would you say that they are the most intellectually, cognitively um, smart people that you know? Or is it something else that you think is attributed to their success? Like, do you know the rate of success between people who are intellectually intelligent or people who are emotionally intelligent? And let me define emotional intelligence so that when you consider your answer, you understand this. So emotional intelligence, probably years ago, we didn't even think about this. We just automatically assumed the smartest guy in the room is the, uh, you know, the, the most successful or at least has the most, the greatest potential for success, worldly success, right? At business or whatever field they're in. Um, so, but but we never really, you know, Daniel Goleman was the first to really coin the phrase emotional intelligence back in the 90s. And we became, you know, aware of this term and what it meant and what how it translated to success in the world. Um, I don't think before that we would have given much thought to our emotions because we think almost that, you know, emotions don't have any place at the job. I remember, you know, working at a job and and having a little bit of an emotional breakdown myself because I was 25 and managing people that were in their 40s and 50s. And I sort of didn't know what to do at this one point when we got so busy. And I went in the back room and I had tears in my eyes and um, my boss came in and chastised me for because there are no, there's no room for tears in the, on the job. But it was because I wasn't able to manage my emotions. And that's part of emotional intelligence. But let me define it. Emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive, understand, control, evaluate, and express emotions. And to the extent that you're able to do that, for yourself and for others, right? Because it's social um, also. It's not only your own emotions, it's other people's emotions that you're attempting to understand and evaluate and respond to, express. Express with openness and empathy and um, and understanding uh, to, to allow them uh, the comfort of being understood and being heard, right? So now that I've defined that, I bet everybody's going, oh, I know, it's more emotional intelligence than intellectual intelligence that has to do with success in the world. And you would be right. So what are the percentages? In general, it's said that 80% of success in the world is dependent upon EQ and 20% upon 
IQ. So you do have to have some cognitive uh, understandings. You do have to be able to, you know, reason appropriately and have a good memory, for example, um, you know, so that you uh, can regurgitate information, for example, or whatever. Um, and it does have a place, but it's only accounted for, uh, it's only accounts for 20% of a successful um, outcome in the world, as opposed to emotional intelligence that has to do with, that has, that the account, the, the accounts for 80% of success, right? So it's, it's a, a, an almost like a, like an incredible, uh, incredible advanced uh, understanding about this importance of our emotional intelligence. And the good news is that we can learn it. It's a learned a skill, emotional intelligence, as opposed to our intellectual intelligence. And I know I've spoken about this in various ways before, because one of my uh, one of my certifications has to do with emotional intelligence. And there is an assessment that goes along with uh, the idea of your personality being assessed, you know, and, and it does, the personality assessment portion does, you know, reflect how emotionally intelligent, uh, emotionally intelligent one might be, for example, but it, the emotional intelligence assessment is pure and simple, you know, are you in touch with your own emotions? Are you able to express them honestly and openly? Are you able to understand someone else's and perceive someone else's emotional emotions? Are you cued in? You know, do you look for signals? Do you understand the signals? You know, when you're a speaker up on stage, one of the, you know, biggest uh, sort of realizations for me many, many years ago when the first time when I got up on stage and spoke to a number of people was to key in on their um, the cues that they're giving me. Are they bored? Are they understanding what I'm saying? Are they confused? You know, you really have to pay attention to cues. And, you know, when you practice that muscle, and it is a muscle that needs to be practiced to get better, um, you really are, uh, it, it's almost like you have, um, you have something in your arsenal that other people may or may not have as, as well as you do if you exercise that muscle and get better and better at it is what I'm saying. Um, so the, the ability to understand and perceive and control and evaluate and express is all part of that practicing uh your own, you know, first being in touch with your own emotions and being able to express them to the extent that you don't hurt other people. And then having that uh, that empathy and that quality about you that cues into other people so you can kind of understand what that person's going through, even though they're not able to express it themselves. You know, giving them the platform uh, by asking them a question or by inviting them to share or by, you know, being in that space with them that is non-judgmental and non-critical of the way that they, you know, feel, you know, maybe different than yours, you know, the way you feel about something, but you're giving them the window uh, of opportunity to express themselves and be acceptable, um, be accepted, uh, despite what the differences are between your, uh, your feelings or your understanding and theirs. 
uh, brings them into relationship with you. And that's why I think that's probably the biggest key is that relationship that you are able to have with another person because you are more emotionally intelligent. That accounts for the success and especially with leaders. And I'm going to have a great example of that for you next on the next show because I'm bringing in someone who has exercised that muscle throughout his career and has become a great success because of it. Is he would he con, uh, construe would he uh, would he be able to say that he is the you know one of the most uh, intellectually intelligent people on in his um, in his field in his you know arena in his uh, experience and his history probably would admit that he's not but he can uh, speak to being emotionally intelligent once once we uh, go over all of those uh, components that allow one to take a look at how emotionally intelligent they are. I don't know whether he has or has not at this point, um, but I will have him on the show next time. And you'll be able to determine uh, by through his story, through his inspirational story, uh, that, that whether or not that has mattered. Um, and I think you'll agree that it has. Um, so you really, as an emotionally intelligent person, really know what matters to people. And, you know, how, how it, we it's, it, it's all about the emotional brain and the limbic system. And there's a lot of technical definitions and understandings about emotional intelligence. But what you need to know um, for the purposes of living on this planet in the most productive way, uh, because we're with other people, right? is how to be compassionate, how to be empathetic, how to try to understand other people so that you are in relationship with them. And by the way, that relationship uh, in terms of business, you know, you'll see, like I said, through my example of, of my guest next week, but um, really it goes miles. I mean, it, you can be the smartest and intellectually smartest person but if you don't have, if you don't possess that emotional ability to be in relationship with other people, I can guarantee, almost guarantee that you won't be successful. And if you do achieve a level of success, it won't be the level that you could have had you learned more about emotional intelligence and how to exercise that muscle and how to become better. Because like I said, the good news is it, it, it can get better. It can get really good if you exercise that muscle, just like you exercise the muscles of your body to get stronger, right? So um, I think, you know, that, that you begin with self-awareness and whether you have that uh, awareness about yourself or not, that's the one question. And how do you gain that self-awareness? We talk about self-awareness all the time on this show because um, it's all about, you know, selecting the right career, selecting the proper path for you, becoming, um, you know, being in touch with your true purpose. How do you do that? One of the, you know, the ways, the, 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 the biggest way that we know that is by self-reflection, by having that ability to go inside and really pay attention to signals, intuition, uh, instincts. You know, um, someone said, you know, go back to when you were a child and remember who you were. You know, we were all, you know, 
children ones that had those instincts that had that understanding of, of what we wanted to be when we grew up because we had a propensity for something or another. We had a passion. And if we, you know, closed our eyes and went back in touch with that little, little child and asked that little child, what was it that you loved doing? What, what, what did you really enjoy doing? I mean, there was something passionate about being a child and doing what we loved to do because there were no, you know, expectations of us at the time. And, you know, we could engage in that manner that says, you know, be in touch with who you are, who you truly are. And, you know, I talk about authenticity all the time on the show because I think that so many of us get away from our authentic selves and we're unable to make those decisions for ourselves because we've forgotten who we really are. We've forgotten that childlike, um, you know, passion about, you know, ourselves. And we need to just get back in touch with that self, you know, with that ability to, um, you know, uh, understand that passion for ourselves and for others to be able to feedback, you know, if you have children, to really be able to feed that back to them. I, I've said to many children, you really love doing that, don't you? Or, you know, just almost to kind of remind them or to put it in their minds that um, that's important. That's that's really great that you're in love with this one thing. You know, remember that, I almost want to say, you know, stay in touch with that. Don't lose touch with that because so many of us veer off and we get to that point where we go, I have no idea who I am authentically. I don't have any idea what passion I have. I don't believe I have a passion. Yes, you do. You do. And that passion doesn't have to be a big, gigantic thing out there in the world. You know, I think some of us have a misunderstanding about that. Like, I have no passion. Like, like, like I always talk about Vincent Van Gogh, who is one of my favorite painters. You know, yes, he was... He was driven and he was passionate and a lot of artists are and they they do stay in touch with that passion that, you know, selves uh, because they can't help it. But not all of us, you know, have that uh, degree in 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 us, although we have it, but it's just a little bit less uh, less. Mm, we don't. We don't have that craziness, you know, I don't want to say the word crazy because it, it construes something that I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't want to have misconstrued it into something that, you know, is, you know, uh, a passion that is evident that somebody can't, you know, that somebody cuts off their ear like Vincent Van Gogh did. I, I don't mean, you know, that level. I just mean that kind of um, in the background of your mind, you say, I love doing this. I really love doing this. And so many people end up doing what they love as a hobby or, you know, but if you thought about it, could you do that for a living? And wouldn't it be great if all of us were doing a passion for a, for a living? Oh my gosh. I mean, that would be like heaven on earth and the world would be a better place were all of us to exercise that muscle emotional intelligence, because think about it. Nations could benefit from becoming more emotionally intelligent, for understanding one another, for being open to the other side, for being open to the other point of view, to understanding that ours is not the only point of view, that other people 
a need to be understood and accepted for exactly what they believe and understand and love too, even though it's different from us. So think about the impact of emotional intelligence in um, peace in the world and love in the world. Um, you know, the Dalai Lama, who who is nothing but peaceful and loving and gentle and so not of the ego. I don't think he has an ego. Um, he's not attached to the earth and, and the, um, the worldly attachments that we have generally as human beings. He's, he's transcended that somehow. Very emotionally intelligent, uh, that guy. Um, someone that we need to pay attention to, and hopefully we do. Um, but making time for that self-reflection is huge. Um, you know, it, 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 it's getting in touch with our own inner core, our inner values, and being able to express ourselves with those values, understanding that, you know, somebody else may have different values and deserves to be understood and respected for theirs, too. I, I just think there's so much about emotional intelligence that's so beneficial and real and in exercising that um, to the extent that you can. You can do You can take an online assessment. You don't have to get very formal about anything, even though there are formal ways uh, to assess yourself and your, uh, you know, people in your circle. Uh, but yeah, you can take an online free assessment. I'm sure they're available. Uh, they're more cursory, but they're okay. And to just kind of get the components of emotional intelligence and start to develop it in yourself with some awareness, starting with self-awareness, right? And, and uh, being then, you know, ending up with other awareness of the other person, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just paying attention and, and being able to want to help other people get in touch with that same thing. I mean, having great relationships really is all about emotional intelligence and having great relationships and nurturing those relationships, uh, whether it's a personal view or a work view from a work standpoint, we understand how beneficial that might be. I mean, you could just think about it and and then, again, extrapolate it to the universe uh, and how important that might be for for all of us to uh, have uh, exercise that emotional intelligence component. So um, I guess I'll leave it there, guys, because, again, I'm anxious and interested and excited about having a guest who basically... Uh, to me, uh, just as a uh, personification of emotional intelligence who uh, embodies all of the components of emotional intelligence and through his uh, example and his, his success, you can hear what it sounds like and through his story, uh, you know, understand what a real life example of what this component, you know, looks like and sounds like and feels like maybe, um, you'll, you'll, you'll want to exercise that muscle. You'll want to be able to get in touch with, um, that for yourself and for your relationships with others, whether it's personal relationships or business relationships, like I say. So <laughs> as always, um, the only way to live is with love in your personal and professional lives and emotional intelligence is all about love. 
Um, until next time, everybody, thank you for listening.